happening party people as promised we are away from the ass sewn to mouth horror genre of centipede one two and three we are back now into the happy happy world of 80s bullshit and fun and the things that helped you create the world we live in today so you're welcome to all of that uh, don't forget find us at talking during movies on instagram email us talking during movies podcast at gmail.com and that once a week i'm on twitter you can go ahead and find me there at talk during movie uh ladies and gentlemen before we crack open the beer we have a guest after four podcasts of me just bumping my gums just letting the meat suit flap relentlessly into this microphone <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the man the myth the legend Former rock star, still rock star. Former, 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 yeah, still rock don't star. Don't take it away from I me. I won't already. take it away from you already. Still a rock still star. Still a rock star, still having fun, still jamming out. We had a great time at uh, the Funded House, South by Southwest, with uh, Experience Firm and Media Tech Ventures and a, a group, a, a, a litany of other people that came out to play. Adam, how are you, sir? Jake, I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was given a comfortable chair and uh, a beer. And a cold beer? To, yeah, a, a, an ice cold beer, actually. An ice cold. That, that's the coldest fridge. All right, let's uh, let's crack these open here, folks. So get ready. This oh, is the El Chagon. I'll make sure I don't break these nice mics. No, you're not going to break these cheap okay. mics. It's fine. Banjo, back off. Seriously. We're good. And then the whole top The entire off. top peels off, which oh, that's amazing. It's just It's just good marketing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it really is. Hey, thanks Cheers. for having me. Cheers. Of course. Thank you for coming. This is, a, this is a beautiful, smooth, rich IPA. Oh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good it's day. It's going to be a good day. Banjo, you can sit right up here with me. Yeah, you're not allowed on that chair, and you know it, Banjo. <laughs> Don't you get yourself in trouble. So you picked this movie. I love this movie. And, uh, the, and the movie is Teen Wolf, the, the first one. Teen Wolf, yes. Uh, Michael J. Fox, huge fan. Huge uh, fan. He is instrumental to the way that I am today. I think he was a big role model for me growing up. Honestly, yeah. Sad as that is, uh, yeah, I love. Back, him. Did Back to the Future get you into into music? Were you like, I want to play the guitar exactly <laughs> like that, just like Huey Lewis? That's, that's it. That's uh, right. I, he, if I could be Michael J. Fox, even now, I, I would want to be Michael J. Fox. I uh, am a big fan of everything he's ever done. There's nothing he's done that I don't like, and I can watch him over and over and over again. And I mean, I'm gonna that. say um, Back to the Future, Wild Wild West. He can he can let that one go. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's probably the worst of all. But I'll still watch it. I I'll mean, still watch it. I mean, if it's on TNT, I was gonna say, but it's got a career where when the movie starts, you know, and like you're you're flipping through cable channels and you get sucked in. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Back to the Future Three, and you and you watch it for the next fifteen hours, you know, with commercials on TNT. 
Oh yeah, it's a. Uh, so you now, of course, he's a basketball player in, in this. Uh, for those of you that don't know, spoiler alert: uh, he's going to go through. An, he's going to go through an aggressive, <laughs> an aggressive phase of puberty. <laughs> an yeah. Aggressive phase. Did you play uh, sports in high school? I did. I actually played baseball in high school. Uh, okay. I tried football for a hot second and got crushed, but I was yeah. much better at baseball. What uh, what did you play at? Uh, what position? You catcher. Play catcher. Actually, yeah, catcher. So you, you you mean controlling the whole game? Uh, trying to, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have bad knees to show for it, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was my that was my jam. I played uh, basketball, much like Michael J. Fox, but uh, I was hopefully not. Just Apparently, he's not a very yeah. good basketball player. He's not a very good one. I was um, I was a minute man. Coach, I'm ready. Just a minute, man. Just a minute. <laughs> Sit down. Enjoy your. You enjoy. He sweats a lot in this movie. I can tell you that. <laughs> he does actually. It, it's interesting. It, it looks like he just came out of the shower or yeah. the steam room. Fifty-one to eleven. The Beavers are getting beat. This is uh, coach. Know, there is my a, favorite character in this whole movie. Yeah. Did you have a coach like that in high school? Yes, one hundred percent. I had um, the gum chewing, gum oh. flapping. Just yeah, we'll get them next time, boys. You know, boys, really. come over here now. <laughs> Gentlemen, everybody wants to beat us because we're the whipping post of this area. <laughs> it's just fun for them to beat us. When are you going to make it for you so that you can win and play like a champion? I'm like, what are you fucking... Dude, I'm in Whitefish, Montana, population 10. <laughs> I have to be on this team to graduate high school. <laughs> I hate you. He's negotiating the forfeit as we, as we speak. Negotiating a little forfeit, and the only thing he's missing is teaching sex ed in inappropriately tight <laughs> joggers. That's the, with one leg up. Always one leg up to show how far the balls can fall That's if right. given gravity and the opportunity and age. <laughs> do those go in the toilet when you shit, sir? They do. Fantastic. Good, good for you. That's a cooling effect. Really. That, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got the, you know, the pants do come up. He's got the black socks. You got yeah you got you got you got the slacks the high rise mm-hmm. slacks that's a that's a that's a necessity for for any coach and I think the gum too for any coach from the eighties that's, that's that's right now this guy uh, the the heavy set gentleman who's got the ball in the post is that, is that Chubbs that's Chubbs yeah. uh, he was also in Revenge of the Nerds was it uh, yeah he was in that he's also been in every Teen Wolf rendition I think there's two or three of them at there's, least I think there's three there's yeah. a Jason Bateman version yeah then I. Uh, the third one, I'm not, I can't remember, but I think he was in that one too. Yeah, he's, he's probably in all of them, right? Uh-oh, here it comes. They're just like, you're just going to let him go. Mission. Four seconds, three, two, <laughs> one. Oh, don't worry. He's going to miss, folks. In case you want Buzzer beater. Spoiler alert. Uh, it's, well, how about those? I wear my sunglasses at night and inside. They're, they look cool even now, decades later. Was, uh, was baseball or, um, or basketball, football, were those well attended or popular in, in your high school? Uh, football was, football? Yeah, of course, uh, as in, in any, I think, high school football. Baseball was okay. Uh, I went to high school in South Carolina and in Pennsylvania both. Okay. Uh, and in South Carolina, baseball was a big thing. Pennsylvania, not so much. Okay. Um, but I Don't they do like the Little League World Series in Pennsylvania? They do. Uh, my Weird. high school wasn't privy <laughs> to that, apparently. They didn't have the, the baseball team that anybody cared about. We had a 4A four, four football team, and so that was where all the focus was. So you go, and I, and I bring this up because you'll, you'll figure it out here in a second, but uh, you go baseball, then you go rock star, and now you're looking back, and Mike Trout just signed a four hundred and thirty million dollar deal. <laughs> I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, right, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, you you know, do you, do you regret not pursuing baseball a little bit more ever? Uh, no, because I would have been a long and lonely road because I was not that good. Okay, yeah, uh, I was okay. Uh, I never uh, that was never something I was going to do 
professionally. You weren't like the you were like the catcher in major leagues. Just like, hey, I heard uh, Tom fucked your wife. I said, like, what? That's exactly <laughs> what I was. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is I'm taking your sister to the prom. What'd you say to me? Strike two. Right. Yeah, I got a good mouth. That was a, that was about it. Um, but yeah, there was never going to be a, a professional thing there. I uh, I played baseball one year. I hit the ball once, and that includes all of practices, <laughs> everything. I was not good. I got hit on the head twice by a ball that I missed trying to catch in the pop fly. So <laughs> balls two, Jason one, baseball never in my future. That's, that's all right. I was like that with basketball. I, I wanted to be basketball. Like I thought I was Michael Jordan. I could shoot in practice, and I, I played basketball for all of about 13 seconds, and it was like, no, it's not going to No. How was how was high school for you? I'm I'm short and white, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was it was not a well it was a good experience. High school was a good experience. Basketball yeah. was not. Um, I was I was a nerd in high school. I, uh, that's why I identify a lot with him. I was little. I didn't hit puberty till I think tenth grade or something stupid. Like it was I was that guy. So I looked like a child for most of my high school. You weren't career. buying beer for the group. You weren't the Tom Segura of your school. No, yeah, I can't. I beer. can barely buy beer now. They still part <laughs> me when, when I go into the stores now. Yeah, I was the guy getting carded for cigarettes when I was still 25. Um, high school, I, I would say I was late bloomer, but I was friends with everybody. I was that kid that was approachable, so I was very much, you know, friends with all the different sects of people. Nice. Uh, my uh, high school in South Carolina was 90% uh, African American, which was awesome. It was an interesting thing for me being a little kid uh, there. So, and then moving to Pennsylvania, it was the big Amish, you know, uh, football community. Uh, so, the Amish always, football community, the, the powerhouse of Amish football. Yeah, basically, I was the mascot for all the different uh, you know groups of people. The, the nerds loved me, the musicians loved me, the the jocks loved me because I was approachable. How did you? And the cheerleaders thought I was cute, which is what made me approach. I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. I, had, I had I was lucky enough to have a couple really popular girlfriends in high school, so that, that helped. Always, me. always a win. Yeah, yeah. How um how did you get into music? Oh, I love music my whole life. Um, I watched MTV when I was little. I my father was a musician, my mother was a musician, um, and so it came by naturally. They were always playing, you know, when I was younger, and watched MTV and was like, I want to do that, but never so much about never considered myself a musician as much as just want to be a rock star. Okay, I remember 14 years old, uh, freshman year of high school, I walked out and I was like, Mom, I'm gonna be a rock star. Um, that's what I want to do with my life, and she was like, Okay, right, yeah. in the head. Okay, and you you. you Dream it and achieve it. I mean, that was it. Good I, job. I never, I never tried to be anything. I never tried to be. I actually, I always say that I was as a byproduct. I became a musician because I was chasing being a rock star. <laughs> like I, I just wanted to stand up with a guitar and be like, "All right!" And just have a bunch of people like yell back at me. Yeah. Um, and somewhere along the line, like I learned how to play <laughs> and sing. Um, but yeah, just it's what I wanted to do. I loved the whole, you know, the whole jam. I had the Axl Rose posters on my wall, and you know, I grew up with 1980s MTV. So, but then it, I mean, it's. There's that part, right? And there's kids who, whether it's football, basketball, playing music, doing anything, or, you know, there's, there's that part of the dream. You know, Teen Wolf, you got the cheat code, right? He turns into a fucking wolf and he can do anything. Right. But lack of the cheat code, there's hard work and there's talent. I mean, like, listen, I can want to be a rock star all day long. I can't clap or even hit a tambourine against my leg in rhythm with 99 other people in rhythm just going, just do it with us. I'm like, I am. Like, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm trying. Like, no, 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 sorry. It's not going to work out that way. So there is innate ability, but then there's also got to be some hard work involved that gets you from, I want to be a rock star to, 
stepping out on stage in front of thousands of people, looking at them, and just a smile from you, and they just erupt in cheering. The greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> I just got goosebumps, like, as you, as you say right now. Yeah, they're, um, you know, what's that Jerry Seinfeld says in his, in his act, you know, uh, most of the population is terrified of speaking in public. Uh, it's the number one fear, even above death. So it's like if you're talking to a normal person and you're at a funeral, they would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. That's the Seinfeld. So, so silly. Yeah, uh, and so that was never a problem for me. That's a nice wedgie shot. I know. Uh, interesting. <laughs> just, just yeah. I mean, I yeah. what you don't know, what you don't know, <laughs> Kevin Spacey was a cinematographer for this film. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin. It's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Such a shame. All right, Such anyway, a shame. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, if we're going to be, if we're going to stay on that, we're going to stay on that road. You know, this, yeah. uh, I learned an interesting fact. Uh, Michael J. Fox became famous during the shooting of this movie. Family Ties was on, yep. and the network moved Family Ties to after the Cosby show, uh, right at the time slot after the Cosby show, which actually made him like an instant overnight success. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about disgraced former uh, actors uh, for, <laughs> for sexual, oh, for sexual disgraced assault. former actors and actresses, Meredith Baxter Burney, someone should fly back in time and give her some lotion. She looks like a catcher's man. I mean, listen, very talented woman. It's like her face was on fire. It's like, oh, I was like, like, what is oh. that? It's her and Ronnie from Mask. I'm just like, geez, you two. <laughs> easy, easy with the sun. What happened? So funny. Oh. Have you heard that chef song from South Park? Meredith Baxter Burning? Yes, oh, come on. Meredith Baxter Burning. What happened to the, uh, the gal, his sister in Family Ties? She was a Justine Bateman, Bateman, right? Justine Bateman, that's, yeah. Yeah, well, she's, she's, you know, she's with Jason, so I, yeah. <laughs> that's all I know. I'm not sure. All, all I know is that Jason Bateman found his calling when he just started playing the smug asshole in everything that he does. He literally... He, he looks the part. He literally plays himself, I think, in every... As soon as he <laughs> was like, I'm just going to be myself in every movie, he gets the same, like, that same signature wink. Like, yeah. Everything okay, boss. It's he fantastic. Because he's tried to play the rom-com, he's tried to play the nice guy, right. and it, it just does itself. Smug asshole, that's it. That's his, Smug asshole. That's his jam. Yeah, if he can just look at you and, and just offend you with his face, which he does. <laughs> I mean, what's that, Ozark show? It's, I mean, he's great in it because you're just like, oh, you're just the rudest, most offensive person in the world, <laughs> and you just remind your wife of every failure she's ever had, and as you remind her, you call her a dirty whore cunt, and then you take drug money and launder it through a place in the middle of fucking nowhere and take pride in it because you're better than her. Yeah. It's amazing. It is pretty it is pretty amazing. And you buy it. You buy it all. You're like, oh, I can totally, yeah, no, that's that's the guy who does that. Literally, it's as since he started just portraying I think it started with uh what is that movie? Extract. I think that's yes. where he first started that uh the I'm married and don't give a shit and I'm gonna do what I want to do and wink at you. Do you um, just it's just that little bit of charm. It's that little Little charm that carries you through for being a total asshole. How much of that, I'm going to do what I want to do, I'm going to be me. How much of that was portrayed when you were touring and, and being a musician? <laughs> and then, or how much of that from that experience was created into who you are today? So you're calling me. No, I'm asking, did you, did you start, yeah, I'm asking, did you start, <laughs> did you start out being you or did it, or was it, or were you like, I'm going to be a rock star and if the music label tells me to do this, I'm going to do it, I don't care because I just want to be a rock star? Or was it, fuck it, I'm going to be my rock star? Or did that come after me? It's like, you know what? I didn't like the way people made me do things. So now 
I'm going to be my room. Insight. Sorry. That's a very insightful question. Uh, See, no which you don't know. Weird ways I come around yeah, I was like, to, I to ask a good question. <laughs> Barbara Walters here. That's good. And I'll straight up tell you. I, um, I set out to be a rock star. And I, I say that very specifically because I made the decision to be a rock star. Not a musician. Not a, you know, a member of a band. Uh, literally a rock star. So I very much portrayed that because I'm like, well, I'm going to be Guns N' Roses. I'm going to act like Guns N' Roses. And it started off as a... You know, I'm just going to portray this character. And as it went down the road, um, it ended up developing into, you know, become, becoming that character very much so. But I never made any bones about, like, all the stuff people, musicians say, I'm going to sell out or, you know, you're a sellout or you did it. I never made any bones about that. I didn't care. That was my point. Like, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to have a, a record deal. So I was shooting for that. So at the time when my band was playing, we were doing heavy music and the record label came along and they were like, hey, you know, this pop punk thing is kind of big, you know. This is what's popular. Can you do that? And I was like, Yes, I can. <laughs> I can listen, I can do Zoot Zoot, right? That's fine. Yeah, I can do. I can be whatever you need me to be. <laughs> I'm getting a video, Mr. Record Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing some videos. You got a checkbook there. Whatever you need. And that's. I, but I never made any bones about that. So yeah, to answer your question, it was very much a specific path and a choice to to get there. Once I got there, then I was able to be myself, which was interesting enough. Um, nice. Yeah. So. Uh, I made a couple good decisions along the way to let me keep the rights to my stuff and the uh, copyrights and all that. And then as the record deal came to an end, I was left in a position where I controlled a lot of my own or all of my own uh, resources and songs. So I uh, was able to then be myself and the label offered me a job working for them to do just that. Afterwards. How did you reverse fuck us? Would you like a job? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> what, what do you mean we don't get any of your royalty rights? Uh, let's just sign you to something else so we can keep you around here from now on. Yeah. All the, uh, my band did so well because we just didn't, we didn't give a fuck. Like, uh, we were out there doing it because we wanted to do it. And what's funny is it, that old thing, like, you know, with the girls, like, treat them like shit and they'll, they'll come, you know, they want to come date you, which is awful. But that's what we did with the record labels. Like they, they came along and said, Hey, we want to sign you. Well, no, we, we don't need signed at this point. We, we played hard to get with the record labels. Um, and it was ballsy, but it worked. And once it did, it was very much, we had control at that point. Um, which is an interesting juxtaposition to how it normally goes. Uh, they didn't keep us around long, but, uh, yeah. that, that led to more jobs for me afterwards. You know, do you, when you see other artists and they're, you know, I wonder if there's empathy in you or sympathy in you, or is it read the fine print asshole when you see these artists who like, like, I mean, God rest in peace, Prince, little miniature dancing queen, but <laughs> I can't use my name. I have to use a symbol or someone's like, Oh, I don't know my music rights or I don't, is it shitty negotiating? I didn't read the fine print or is it, or is it that you were lucky? You were not only eager and willing, but you were, smart and they're just eager and willing and dumb or they have a bad manager or i would love to take credit for for all that stuff but I, it wasn't um my manager at the time uh who was jeff reed from the band sr71 who uh not with us anymore but uh at the time was my manager and prepared me sat me down was like look here's how it's gonna go he's like you're gonna get a record deal no question he's like it's that's easy he's like but when you get there X, Y, and Z is going to happen and it's going to be ugly and we're going to have to be prepared for that. And so like I knew going in, we had all of our contracts in line. Like my, my band, as funny as it is, I can say this now, wasn't actually a band. It was, I owned the band and the brand as a corporation and then the guys in the band were employees. Yeah. Contractors. Mm -hmm. So it's like the bravery because the lead singer, the bravery, the exact same thing. Like, oh, he owns all the music. He owns all the rights. And we as, we're employees of, so yep. we only perform when 
he calls us and needs us. Correct. And that protects both ends of it. It protects, because the one thing the label tries to do when you get there is break the band up because of the power play. And, and really, it's all about getting to the royalties for the distribution. Um, it makes it, uh, it makes it harder when it's set up like that. And you'll go back, if you go back, like uh, Fall Out Boy was like that. There's been a lot of bands that have come on Fuel. It's like that number Fuel. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of bands that, that figure that out. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was how exactly how we were set up. Uh, so it made it difficult for the label when we got there. It was like there was no leverage there for them to fire people or do, because it was all through, they were negotiating with a, you know another business at that point, opposed to just a couple guys that got together. <laughs> so it was just Daryl Hall and John Oates. I was like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, so I can't. I would never. I would never say a word about Prince. You know, <laughs> especially especially in public. I, I love him, but yeah, no. I think that's uh, you're talented and you get you sign things, and yeah, it's either a mix of you don't read it or you don't care. Or you're not thinking about it because I mean, you know, if, if if my manager back then hadn't set me down and been like, you know, this is what's going to happen, I'd be like. And I would assign anything you put in front of me because that's that was that was the goal, you know. Yeah. How much of my soul do you need? All of it, cool. There you Done. go. Whatever, whatever you need. How many kids am I? How many kids I need to have for you and give them to you? Awesome. First born, second born. Because uh, that's the mentality that you're in, especially being young and like hungry like that. You know, you'll do anything. And back then too, it's different now because you can go make an album in your basement and it can be popular and you can put it out. You know, back then it was. This is when I got signed. It was the early two thousands, but even I came from the mentality before that, and it's like you had to have a record label to be successful. I mean, that was that yeah, was the quintessential I mean, like you know being signed to the major leagues. Like you know that was that was the yeah you, you, you had to have a record label, and then if you were a fan and you you know didn't want to pay the prices at Tower Records, you had to give your computer aids by getting LimeWire. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it worked. Love the LimeWire. The <laughs> LimeWire, anything you wanted. I'm gonna give. I gotta give credit to the downfall of that whole thing. I'm going back all the way. MySpace. MySpace was the downfall, I think, for all the social media outlets. The thing, because the record industry is still figuring out how to deal with the fact that people can just distribute their own music. And MySpace is the first one. I gave. I give credit to them. Like when that came out, I remember being like, "Wait, so you're telling me?" Because back at the time, remember, like you can people couldn't have websites. You can yeah. have your own website. What is that? You don't get a website. Like that's crazy. You gotta. You gotta be famous, or you gotta have something. You gotta be a big person to have that. And the first time it was anybody was able as an individual to have a website of their own, you know, it was like, it was like, oh, okay, well now anybody can do this. And oh, and, then, and, and that's then, the downfall. And then you also saw why people shouldn't. You'd go to someone's MySpace <laughs> yeah. page and you'd open it up and be like, twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> then shit would shoot at you and you're like, fuck, what's going on? Like, hi, my name's Amanda. I'm like, Amanda, I know I can read. <laughs> What's what's going on? You feel Amanda horrible. Was, Amanda was famous. You got those friends likes. Oh, <laughs> just all this, and then all of a sudden it came down to, listen, I only accept friends likes from women because you men just want to ask me out. So no men, um, no buys, but transgender, okay. And you're just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Did we even know that word then? Was that like I think yeah, it was. This was. I mean, I also I credit MySpace for really um, in an, in an era that looked like acceptance creating cylinders of, of what you can what you, what you would accept or not accept but people like uh if you're christian uh we're not friends i don't want to be friends with you on myspace i don't want your i don't want your polluting or just the opposite like i only accept god loving assembly of god speaking in tongues tambourine banging raise your hands run down the aisle woo woo, rick flair loving christians and if you're not one of them sorry interesting you lumped rick flair in the you got, dude, listen rick flair is closer to an Assemblies of God pastor than some Assemblies of God pastors are. 
that I mean, he would get fired up, sweating, the hair would get going and dropping elbow. Just oh, just dropping. I've seen pastors dropping elbow before. Oh, pastors are, and I have some pastor friends, and they always get mad at me when I just rail on them. But I was like, you guys, I mean, I'll you know. It's it's either a it's it's a fertility cult in the beginning, and you're just like, listen, it's really hard to change old people's minds, especially because there's no clean water to drink, so everyone's fucking drunk. So a that's hard to do. So let's just breed it in. Like if you just raise a <laughs> bunch of kids this way, this is how we're gonna do it. And then you just leverage natural nat- natural disasters to, to pro- 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 propagate what's going on. Like Pompeii blows, Rome turns all the Christian. Why? Because. You know, Mount Vesuvius was right at the, right at the, you know, Pompeii was right at the base of Mount <laughs> Vesuvius. It was a gluttony for sex, drugs, rock and roll at the time. And everyone, every Christian's like, this looks like Sodom and Gomorrah. A volcano explodes and Rome's like, shit, that God is serious. <laughs> <laughs> we better get our P's and Q's in line, champ. Good Lord. I was wondering how far away we were going to stray. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are 20, 20 minutes in <laughs> yeah. and you're like, Jesus. We're we're in Pompeii. Oh, we're in Pompeii. I love this. Okay, so we just missed the quintessential scene, which is why I'm here today. Okay, um, talk to me, please. No, no, no. Uh, you can we interrupt were... me at any time. It's okay. Oh, no, no. I was, I was with you on your journey. I'm like, tell me more. Preach, brother. Preach. Preach. Uh, no, we were in a, in a, in a shuttle limo uh, two weeks ago. Or a week yes. ago. And we were having a conversation about Teen Wolf and mm-hmm. the urban surfing. And yes. That's what, actually, that's why I'm here today, so I need to... I feel like I need to bring cause to that. And we just missed the scene where Styles surfs for the first time on the, what will be, Wolfmobile. Have you, uh, have you ever done that? I have, actually. So have I. I had an 82 Nissan Maxima four-door sunroof that spoke to me right door ajar. Yeah, but see, you're only yeah. three feet off the ground with that. But I would but I would crawl out of the sunroof while I was driving. My friend would hold the steering wheel. I would crawl out, and then I'd put my feet in. And I would balance them on the steering wheel going, because we had like a 10 mile stretch, it was pretty much straight. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, never thought about deer crossing the road once, right? Not once. <laughs> and then my buddy would crawl out and sit next to me, and we would be on the sunroof, both of us, and I would be steering with my feet, wow. cruising down, and then he would get down, grab the steering wheel, I'd get down, slide in, and then we'd get to the corners. Very nice. Yeah. I got to be. Oh. Uh, my, I grew up with three brothers. Um, that sounds weird to say because I had three brothers. <laughs> I grew up with yeah. three brothers. I grew up with three brothers. Yeah, they were uh, there. Two were bought, one was leased. Right, right. Yeah, they were there regardless <laughs> if, if I wanted them to be or not. I'm fairly sure they were all black. Keep going the story. I'm going to grab one. No, you're good. And we, uh, for the back half of our lives, grew up in Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. That's where my family lived at the time. My family was everywhere. Um, we would go bowling or shoot pool or do any kind of. Uh, competitive sport where you know his brothers like to compete even like we tournaments back at the bars and the loser would have to ride home in mom's minivan and in the four mile stretch into the neighborhood where we lived would have to crawl up on the roof and do the team wolf dance in their underwear for the entirety back while the brothers all drove as a losing proposition so if you lost in bowling or you lost in pool or you lost in whatever it was that we were out doing that night you had to I'm on top, and it was a minivan. It was one of those old, you know. Uh, so it wasn't that real cool van with the four captains' chairs and the big back seat. We had those. That was in the '80s. No, this was the 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 modular, like looks like a space capsule, um, you know, sliding door that cuts your hand off, kind of. 
Oh yeah. That, that thing. We had the cool minivans at first because four brothers, you know, my parents had no choice but to get a van. So we had the cool vans like the Team Wolf van when I was little. Because it was, was van or station wagon. And back in the day, the station wagon was the shitmobile. It was. We had one station uh, station wagon growing up and my dad was, I remember my father, it was an argument with my mom. <laughs> like, no, we're not, we're not getting, we're not using this He's station. like, honey, have you seen the movie Vacation? Do you see what <laughs> happens to these that. things? Guess why a minivan wasn't in the movie Vacation? Because they're fucking awesome. Oh, dude. Okay? Well, mine was, my mother drove it at the time, and it was actually a stick shift. The, the, a stick shift station yeah, wagon? It took, it took one time of my brother, you know, having a uh, spasm and kicking the stick shift out, and it was, you know, going, dropping it into second gear oh, on the highway. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they, they got rid of that real quick. They, they upgraded to the Mark III, you know, van, where they could put up the child thing and everybody was in the back just bouncing around. Just before, before there seat, no, no yeah. seatbelts. <laughs> seatbelts are bullshit. My parents literally had the, the, the child's gate, you know, that they put up like you'd stop a kid from rolling down the stairs. Yep. Like they put that up between the two captain's chairs in the front. Well, you have that big center console that oh. if you rolled forward and hit that, you could get a serious concussion. <laughs> That's right. That, that, those things were no joke. If this van's a rock and don't come a knock and is no bullshit. <laughs> Because no, you could put a waterbed in the back of those things, and it did happen. Oh, no, that was, we used to, you know, they had the big, it was the two, it was the four captain chair deal, and then the big bench in the back, and it was yep. fold down. So my parents, they took out the captain's chairs, and it was always just folded down, and literally like child's gate, and we had it down. It was a wrestling ring, because we, we were all wrestling fans. So it we literally, it was just always WWE in the back of the of the van while my parents drove. That's and fantastic. Literally, their job was like a cage match because they were in the front and they were, you know, knock yep. back if you came. How far is it? Pin him. Give him a noogie. That's you know, right. I'm not supposed to ask that question. Yeah, my dad would be watching in the rear view and he'd wait till one of us like crawled up for the for the you know the power bomb or the uh, like the swanton and just hit the brakes and <laughs> send everybody forward and just laugh. Ah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah so. that's. But yeah, so that was our game. Is that whoever lost uh, would have to crawl atop this monstrosity and in their underwear do the Teen Wolf dance. Through the neighborhood, as you know, and now granted, it wasn't dangerous because whoever was driving would drive a mile an hour because yeah. the, the maximum embarrassment is you it's not about you literally falling off, it's more about everyone seeing you in your underwear as you're dancing. Yes, and it was necessary that you did the dance and surf, that was part of the deal. Um, and uh, but it, there, there was many quite a few occasions where somebody would you know hit the wheel quick and you would roll off. I've fallen off it a couple times, did, ooh, what. No, it's tuck and roll. Tuck and roll. Just it's just in the undies. You're just like, yeah, I got a scratch in a weird spot. That's why that's why we're boxers. Like, that's, that's right. Was, that was my move from tidy whities to uh, to briefs. Now, did you go to a lot of high school parties? I did. Um, Were you, did you drink in high school? You know, I didn't until senior year. I was completely. Um, I was. I was. I was raised uh, raised Mormon. Actually, as funny as that is, and. Uh, Still believe it at this day, but it was very, you know, we don't drink, don't smoke. And did that the whole time. And here I am just saying, hey, like, we're, we, we drink at this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> no, Jay. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. No, but that's, that's how I was raised. So it was very much that. But we still went to parties and just didn't drink, didn't smoke. Uh, and then in senior year, as part of the rock star thing, uh, yep. it was like, well, I'm going to go venture out this way. And so, yeah, uh, didn't drink until senior year and then uh, drank everything I possibly could. And then you got after it, caught up, yeah, got yeah, up for the last time. Yeah, so now hopefully we got it balanced out, but yeah, why? No, I'm just curious. I, I remember uh, we would, I mean, I wasn't one of the cool kids in high school. Uh, I had just a couple of friends. I was like on the speech and debate team. Well, that's the right thing. I'm, I'm a senior year. Like I, I, broke, <laughs> I broke in, I got allowed into speech and debate my senior year. So that's, that was an art. Allowed in, did you have to try out? 
No, uh, <laughs> I didn't actually. So, so I had been drinking the night before a little too much. With just There's a couple of my buddies, and we just always – we'd steal beer from my dad, or we broke into this place called Flathead Lake Lodge, and we, like, stole all their wine. Uh, like, thousands of dollars. We didn't know. Like, got a bottle of 82 Chateau Lafayette. Like, this tastes like shit. I mean, like, now, like, I should have kept that champ burying it in the woods, like, going up all, all winter long. Like, this ground's getting harder. Wow, this wine is frozen shit. I mean, it was just, it was so awful. But uh, I was I was probably a little drunk still that morning. My buddy calls me and goes, hey, we are um, one person short. And if we don't have like 15 people or whatever, we can't compete in the Western Montana finals for speech and debate. Can you come down that's, and be a boss? That's all-star. That's a big deal. And I was like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. And I was like, oh, okay. Hold on. I better brush my teeth. So I brush my teeth. I've got like a t-shirt on. Do you get points deducted in, in debate if you breast milk? I, I would assume so. They're so weird. <laughs> All these fucking people. I mean, they're weird to me. And I was just like, whatever. So, you know, I go in and I get three categories and I just do them all. And I don't know the rules. I just wing it. Have some fun. I lightly am told the rules. I'm like, that, ah, whatever. Who cares? And I got first place in all three. And so then I had to go to Montana State Finals. And then I won there. And then I had to go to the Western United States Finals. And I won there. And my dad's like, I'm not sending some nerd to D.C. <laughs> all you want to do is drink anyways. These special effects are not very special. No, they're not. Nice segue. I you like that. Uh, Michael J. Fox is slowly changing. Uh, he's teen wolfing. He's going through puberty. I would, I would say that this, uh, those nails are atrocious. The hair is beautiful. Uh, I don't know. It, he looks very much that hairstyle on those nails. Yeah, that's very much. Uh, th that's kind of a pimp thing. What's um? What's that little little comic's name? The, the pimp, the pimp daddy. Oh, the little fella. I can't remember his name now. Because the guy who used to be good and then he got beat up by a grade schooler on video. Actually, yes, that's exactly that's, what I'm talking about. I cannot remember his name. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Okay, that's, Cat Williams. Thank you. That's exactly that's exactly what I was saying. I think I've seen him rock that exact same hairstyle and nail pattern in some of his standups. It's a, um, and I would say that this, uh, this movie is probably a, a picture into, you know, how kids can, or how, you know, that the power of change or, or the, the insights into, I, I always like to like find a deeper meaning in something that's probably not fucking there. Well, no, no, I was, I was doing my due diligence, um, on this, uh, last night I was looking at, you know, facts about mm -hmm. the Teen Wolf movie so I can, I can spew them out to you here in a little while, but. It was actually very much done as a story about a boy and his father. That's that's what it's supposed to be, is the coming of age a tale of how family prevails and the bonds of you know and all that stuff. It, there actually is a little bit of a deeper meaning to it. So that's interesting. And uh, you have a good relationship with your dad? I do actually have a great relationship with my that's dad. Awesome. Yeah, believe it or not. Um, and it, so it's, rare from our generation. It is. It is <laughs> no, it totally is. And, and especially from a religious household, so rare from our generation. Yeah, well, luckily my dad, well, not luckily or unluckily, my dad wasn't, didn't get religious till later. My mom was religious and took us to church, and my dad was, you know, like. Your dad's like, see you in a couple hours. Yeah, I'm going to mow the lawn. I mean, I'll come back and I'll see you. Um, no, but he, uh, and I, I went through all the same stuff that every, you know, kid my age went through. My dad beat the crap out of me when you weren't supposed to do, you know, when you did what you weren't supposed to do. And, uh, he, the reason I'm a musician is because when I told him I was going to be a musician and didn't want to go to college, uh, he didn't even wait till I finished high school. It kicked me out of the house when I was 17. Um, and so we went through like all that stuff. Him and I have a, a that relationship, but have come to, you know, full circle. And I don't forget the first time, like I actually came back and was like, Hey, look at this check for playing music. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, Oh, okay. 
Um, you moved back in. You know, rent starts at about that check. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> what, yeah. No, I never moved back in. Luckily, I was uh, happily enough to never move back into the to the house. I was able to do it. Um, but yeah, no, he uh, he and I had the same issues that everybody has. Um, but now I have a great relationship even to this day. And he is a fantastic businessman and a really interesting, solid human being. Actually, uh, so I still just talk to him the other day. I'll call him anytime I have like issues or like thinking about something I'm like hey does this sound rational this sound, what, what would you do with this position because I look up to him even even now like as a like human being and a father he's nice. a tremendous job a great example that's yeah. awesome that's awesome that's you know that's it's it you know I, we, we say it jokingly but it really is I mean there's you look at even our our similar group of friends right I mean how many of them have a solid relationship with their dad and there's not a lot. Not a lot of them, yeah. There's not a lot. And it, and that's a weird thing. And, you know, it probably prevails into what's happening with the, the generation just below us. And I think what also, as we see that, empowers us with our kids to make sure we have a, a better relationship with our kids. Yeah. yeah. Because we're like, okay. You know, and, and also just being around it. But too many people where it's like, oh, do you talk to your you know, like you talk to your dad? It's like, no. It's like, yeah, not at all? No, that guy's an asshole. You're like, okay. Yeah. Have you given him another shot? Like, nah, listen, at 12, I just decided an asshole. <laughs> you know, I'm done. And I'm done. I'm out. Um, I think this is the biggest uh, biggest comment I can give to my father is that, again, I came from, there's four boys in my family. I had three brothers. And every, I've heard this multiple times from all of the brothers' wives, but from friends and everybody else too, is uh, they're like, those Marino boys, my last name for those of you that are listening. It's uh, the brother. All four boys are get credit all the time for being exceptional fathers. That's one thing that everybody's like, well, they're assholes, whatever they're done. But, but, <laughs> but, but they you know, all I four, watched those boys surfing their underwear yeah, when they were little. Little, listen, it was damn near pornographic. I thought they were all going to be in Chippendales. It was a weird household. Good fathers. Yeah, no, that's, it. yeah that's, that's exactly. It. We we credit a lot of negative stuff too. But um, but no, the one thing across the board is that all all four boys are good fathers, and you gotta attribute that to you know the father that was in the house. I think you know. So. Yeah, I I'd agree. I mean, it's you know my mom uh, she got married a lot. She really she really likes getting married. She, she 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 was like, you know what I would like to do is show you as many different men in my life as possible. You're gonna enjoy this one. So here's here's the guy who. We, me and him, we made you. It was fun. I'm like, that's a little too much information. <laughs> now here's this guy, Eastern Montana cowboy, diehard drunk, and loves to fight younger kids or take, like, I remember when I was 15, my dad take me into bars because he thought I was soft. Is this the dad that made you? Yeah, yeah, okay. kind of, yeah <laughs> kind of. No, this is not the dad that made me. This is the, this is the first step dad. He'd okay. take me into bars and uh, then he'd be like, eh, you're a little soft. Hold on. And he'd walk over to a guy and be like, see that fat little budgy faced bastard over there he just called you a bitch and some guy would come over and just it's fucking Montana dude. they wouldn't say anything he'd just come over and punch you in yeah, the face and right. I'm like god damn you're like you gotta learn how to block those block what <laughs> what the fuck is going on here oh no and then uh, she married a she married a guy in Mensa his name was Revo really nice guy but it always felt like he was like let me dumb this down for you <laughs> he was a legit member of Mensa I hacked his computer once uh, and got Colin Powell's home phone number, had a radio show in Seattle, and I called Colin Powell at home when he was running for president and had a couple questions for him and then got a visit from some people. <laughs> I'm sure. That, that didn't think that was funny at all. They have sunglasses and suits and ties on. <laughs> they, they, they were dressed well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't find me funny whatsoever. 
Then, uh, then she married uh, another guy, and then she married this other guy. <laughs> that guy you don't remember that guy? No, I don't remember was, any of the other guys' names. And then some guy, guy he he's had like, and she sticks around to him, like, "Are you a black widow?" Because they get now they're starting to die a lot. I think it's the age. <laughs> it's like this guy's on his nineteenth stroke, and he's still Is it, hanging or does on. She have a, does she have a plan? I mean, honestly, I'm hoping she has a plan because every once in a while she'll call me and be like, "Whose social security should I?" Um, get from? <laughs> Because I have access to three of them. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't I don't know that I'm the right person to talk about this. Don't you have a financial planner? She goes, you know what I did with all of Revo's stocks? Because this, I mean, Revo was super smart. Admit Mensa. He had, he had everything set up where she would never work again, right? Right. Never. Owns the house, never work again. She could work if she just was bored. You know, she wanted to go work at Starbucks or something like that. And so is he, he dead or is he still single? He's dead. I need no, somebody he's, like that. Okay. He's, he's dead. Uh, but I'm married. She, she, she's like, you know what I did? And every time I would pray, I would just see Revo going, no, but I just, I let Jesus power me and I became a day trader. <laughs> well, the day trading lasted about three months. <laughs> Those stocks are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Jesus is a great day trader. I don't think he is. I I think Jesus is good on the cultural side of things. <laughs> right, there you go. I think, I think Jesus is really good, like, love your neighbor. I should buy a love stock? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? I don't know if he's crunching the numbers. I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's his jam and I don't think he cares to. You know, I don't I don't think ever Jesus was like, Hey, by the way, fiscal responsibility, Matthew twelve, fourteen. Yeah, I don't I remember those I don't know that anywhere mentioned. No. Yeah. Which which also great thing for the church, right? Like fiscal responsibility. Just, you know, believe Jesus. Pray, pray about it. <laughs> well, that's because the church's stand is, you know, believe in Jesus and give us all your money. And we'll yeah. make sure that it's okay. We'll distribute it. Yeah, we'll distribute it. Don't uh, worry. It's fine. It's fine. It, yeah, there's uh, that, that's always the, the, the funny thing when, when, you, when you see those. And you're just like, uh, I'm going to give a hard pause here about, I, 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 it's, it's weird, right? Why, if he can do everything, does he, you know, okay. And it's funny because I, and I have pastor friends. I, I go to a little church down here. I, I like him very much. Very nice guy. He and his wife are just like, so Jesus. Jesus or the pastor? Uh, I like Jesus a lot more. But the pastor's very nice. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he comes plays basketball with me. He's a fun guy. And he, you know, he's like in his late 20s, early 30s. He's also a trainer at the Lifetime Fitness. This guy's shredded. He's, he's, I said, you know, you should. Sorry, I don't trust him. I know. Said, you should really wear more clothes because it's distracting when I see your veiny arms up there, and I'm like, oh, what a dick. <laughs> Especially because I can still beat you in basketball, and yet you're in so much better shape than me. Right. And so I just berate him all the time on stuff, and he and his wife are just like, so when are you going to uh, do a sermon? And I was like, Mom, listen, <laughs> I think your worst nightmare is me for an hour with a microphone. Have you heard this podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's done the podcast. Oh, has he really? I did Evan Almighty. And I said, you know, there's... That's hilarious. I said, there's two names that, that just are never coming back. And he goes, two names? I go, yeah. Hitler? Like, you're never naming your kid Hitler. One, it's illegal in some states. But two, you're never naming a kid Hitler. Is it really illegal in some states? In some areas, yeah, it really is. I totally fish it. Like, it's yeah. true. I don't know. I, and then, and then two, sense. Judas. Like, there's never like, here's my son, Judas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, if I have a son, I want to name him Judas because I consider Judas to be the most dedicated of all the disciples because he did the dirty work that no one else would do. All the other fuckers, they were like, no, I don't know who he is. Cut an ear off. Uh, the rooster crowed. I don't know who he is. Everyone else denied Christ, denied who he was, denied what happened. This guy's like, that's Jesus. Kill him. <laughs> that's it. Not only is it him, I got to get the background. I know where he's going to be. I'll tell you where he's going to be. Listen, I'm a snitch for Jesus. <laughs> 
See, that'd be a great Christian punk rock band name. Snitch for Jesus. That's fantastic. Let's start it right now. Start it right now. You play drums and bass, right? All former cops. They're just like, we're... That thing will get signed immediately. That's major label written all over. That's the Sex Pistols version too. Yeah, Petra's opening up for that. The newsboys are we're shipping him back over from Australia. Wow! Wow! That you really? I'm saying how many obscure things can we drop into this podcast? Someone's someone's gonna Google Degormo and Kina and be like, "Who's this?" I feel bad for anybody that actually likes this movie and listened because they thought we were gonna be anywhere near this movie. What are you talking about, Jesus? For I'll tell you exactly why. Because which although he does kind of rock the Jesus haircut, he rocks the Jesus haircut. The Teen Wolf also. You you can uh, so one. There were uh, Christian groups that boycotted this Stretch, film. Stretch, because I'm going to the fridge. No, please. So there are Christian groups that boycotted this film for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, fantasy life. Uh, I, I popped out a... Um, uh, you got to pull it up. The door handle's got to go. I, know, I popped a uh, black one for you there. Power in mind. Yep. Uh, so, so some groups uh, boycotted this film. They were, they were very upset about the transformation, the werewolf, teen wolf, whatever you want to call it as being fake and, and just creating a fantasy world that doesn't exist. I mean, this is back in the day when you really have to understand, folks, that Dungeons and Dragons was a bad thing. Anything that was not white and Christian was just awful. And so they, they really, they, they got after um, Teen Wolf and, and some, some people boycotted it. That's going to be so delicious. I just want you to take a drink of that. I'm excited about this one, actually, not to interrupt, because you no, sounded like you were on a, a, a really good tangent there. Power and Light. Yep, this one of my favorite IPA. people, Amy. Amy, uh, she's one of the, she's the co-owner, her and her husband. It's one of the oldest breweries here. I got the building downtown. That's fantastic. That's it, it. Really, is a drinkable IPA. It's yeah, it's way smooth. It's light, uh, and the can looks badass. Which is all for me. I'm an aesthetic person. Like I, I'm, I'm a victim of advertising. I like it when I uh, buy the book for the cover when it's cool. Yeah, you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's solid. It's solid. I was one of the things I said in the last podcast. I was joking around and I said, you know, the the bat, the, the thing is that because I look at like the Elchigone, right? The, the top, the whole top rips off. Beautiful marketing. Just it's it's gorgeous. I like the can. I like the simplicity. Power and light. I like their marketing, but I will say, and I don't mean this as a knock on them, but that can design, as pretty as it is, does not do the beer justice. I don't think so, personally. I understand what you're saying. I, I do because um, it's such a it's an interesting. I would have done. Um, yeah, I would have done something a little more like unique with the can because yep. of how unique it tastes. Totally, yep. but uh, but it's still, still it's not still like, a badass can. It's still a badass <laughs> can. That's the that's the weird thing. It's like some people's gonna some someone's gonna be offended, right? And they say, "I'm like, listen, man, get get offended all you want, but that is where it's. I mean, it's such a weird thing in this world. And we'll, we'll I'll bring it right back to Teen Wolf because look at the way he's wearing. He's got the high tops. He's got the he's got the. the the windbreaker jacket on, right? I mean, you got, remember you got the high tops with the tongue on the outside of the, the tongue on the outside. Yeah. The, the Levi's no belt, no belt, correct? No That's, belt, yeah. and the members only jacket with, with the, the sleeves pushed in. up, with the flannel tucked in. You know, and and this was fashion. This was design. She's got a slight camel toe. That's boof. That's Let's, boof. <laughs> I gotta say, it's boof. Boof is dressed like a 1930s librarian. Um, yeah. That they tried to make cool by putting a jean jacket on her. Uh, like, uh, just throw a jean jacket on her. She's <laughs> and the roll the sleeves up. She's the responsible one of this whole group. Yeah, she's was, gonna she's gonna bring him back with her with her Bob Bangs. I always felt sorry for Boof. Yeah, you got I me. Mean, Boof's the girl you married. You know, that's a, it was easy back then. The, the the blonde is the you know the blonde's the hot one that you lust after, but Boof's the one that you you bring home with mom. 
Yeah, and, and we all go through those stages, right? Where you you run after and you just date some of the most deplorable people in the world, as far as personality goes. They might be smoking hot, right? But usually, it's usually the way it works. Yeah, it's usually smoking hot, a little, probably a lot deplorable on the moral side. <laughs> and and just, you know, she's like, well, good morning. She's like, oh, I love the smell of cocaine. And you're like, what do you want to do today? She's like, I want to have nine bottles of champagne and I want to fuck. And you're just like, this sounds like a good Tuesday. Let's do this. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, and, and Boob is just like, so I put $12 in our 401k. I've got 10 in the IRA today. And um, you know what? I just, I just decided I'm not going to go tanning because I wanted us to have a special kind of pasta tonight that was gluten-free. And you're like, oh, boof. Oh, boof. Oh, boof. That's it. Yeah. Oh, boof. And he's just like, what did you do? And I'm like, I still did cocaine and 10 bottles of champagne. <laughs> yeah. I'm selfish, boof. I'm super selfish. <laughs> oh. You know, people like you and me need people like boof. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is, she's a beautiful woman, but she is just like, so at six months old, Harper had a college fund. She's just, she's just like, I, we were out, we we're down in Newport Beach. I invited a friend out and she brought her mom. We're at this place called Mutt Lynch's down in Newport. We're hanging out and I invited them. So I just bought lunch. It was like 90 bucks for the six of us to have lunch. My wife was pissed. She was like, she reached for that check. <laughs> you should let her. You should let her. I'm like, she's a pastor. She's a minister. She's a reverend. She, was, she had a podcast. She wrote books. <laughs> she's, she's got money. She's got money. Listen, she lives here. She has money, okay? We're well, not I, made of money. will smack my hand out. Like, I'll reach for the check. She, she makes no bones about it. She's like... Yeah. We paid last time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's got... I know. I think your wife and my wife should hang out because they'll be like, so do you have the time? No, they shouldn't because nobody no. will pick up the check. Yeah, so no. Be, no. We'll get the call. They'll be sitting there and stare down. Nobody will pick up the check. Havsies? Well, <laughs> mm, I had a water with lemon and you guys had a water. Yeah. Lemon's going to be 10 cents. We're both just like, fuck, can we just pay? I'll pay. I'll pay just because. Right. And it's not—it's not even that they're—it's not that they're cheap because don't get that wrong. Like my wife is not cheap. But no. My wife is very much the person that, uh, and probably needs so. You know, uh, you know, we don't. <laughs> hey, she, she comes to me and she's like, you know, Adam, I think I was looking at the numbers, and if we just uh, cut you down to a one bottle of whiskey a week, <laughs> we can, yeah, that's our kids can go to to daycare, you know, in the, in the upcoming semester. It's, it's that kind of a... Oh, she goes out there, looks at the beer fridge, she's like, so, beer was on set? <laughs> yeah. So, you went to the grocery store today. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, the grocery store sells whiskey now. Uh, next to the grocery next store. Next to the grocery store at Specs, right around the corner. So, it's that, um, but I think, again, we need our booths. That, yeah, you gotta that, have them, you know. Which is, but in fairness, though, it does motivate us to get stuff brought to us for free. <laughs> yeah. That's why we invent podcasts and go on stage and, and, and come up with reasons for endorsement. Oh, dude, Texas Beer Company. I'm going out there in a couple weeks. Love those guys. They I'm, going, I'm going to see how JD, go see JD and do the podcast with him out there. Good shout out for them. They just uh, they just threw the stuff at the Funded House too for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. great. That's where I met him and he was just like, he goes, hey, uh, I hear you got a podcast. I'm like, yeah, he goes, hey, you drink during it. I'm like, uh, 100% I do. Oh, yeah. He's like, really? Yeah. I'm like, well, oh, big oh, slam. Slam, fly, slam a jamma. Here's some uh, worthless information. That is not Michael J. Fox, obviously. Uh, uh, the stunt double that did that would stay in the character for 12 hours at a time in the makeup. Oh. And could only eat milkshakes and crushed up like salad blends. That's really? What he would eat. Yep, I did the worthless search. Well, I mean, I think what we can understand and what we know is that from uh, just recent research and understanding that he, 
his milkshake did bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> so good for him. Good job. See so the 80s and the 2000s coming together, crushing it. That was, Let's that, see. Uh, it's like he grew. I was gonna say they, they made no, yeah, they made no attempt to make that look like it's Michael J. Fox at no. any any given time because now he's six foot three and can yeah, and it can pass. And now all of a sudden the other people, how are his claws not scratching people? That's what that's I what I was, yeah, that's a good question. He, you know, as I think back though on the transformation thing, it's very similar to Michael Jackson in Thriller. We should run those two side by side and see if they line up because I feel like the nails and the eyes, it's very much the same transformation as it is in Thriller. That's a uh, not very good cinematography. Oh, that's a good block. I do love. If you um, watch this, the same it's the same ball fly through the air shot and the same uh, play over and over again. It's uh, dish off behind the back or in around the back and then some sort of. It's it's dish. like that old computer game Double Dribble. Love that game. Where they, they only had two two dunks. Oh, the animation. Yeah. Oh, the animation. Like you dribble in, you see this little guy <laughs> hit the right key at the right time. Double. Durable. It's, like, yes. It's, it's Atari all the way until it's like Super Nintendo for five seconds and then yep. back up. And there's like, what? That's a great, great, great that game. That was a great game. You had the that was the, Konami too. You got the code. There's um, there he is. Now he just stays as the wolf. But this is actually Michael J. Fox. Yeah, but this is actually now he's short. Michael J. Fox. Well, well he's hey, guys. Hey, hey, guys. We're Luke, out Luke has the same outfit on, and every it's just a different stylish jacket. I've just noticed that. Yep, and Boof is like, oh, here comes that slutty blonde, blonde with chlamydia. Uh, she was the 1982 July playmate. Of the... Oh, good for her. Good for me for knowing that. Good for you for knowing that. Probably. But yeah, if you want to hey. see her naked, go in the archives and look up July 1982. Uh, she was the playmate. She was the playmate. There she you was. go. And folks, watch your toes. Someone's dropping knowledge. So, oh, he's oh, just going to, is that like a should, soda or a beer? I, you know, can you, back then you could probably just give beer to teenagers in a, in a diner. I think you could. Now, he, now this is the interesting part, right, is he just stays. This is my favorite scene, because I, I used to try to do this in high school. I, I had the leather jacket because I, I did baseball, right? Yep. I, I didn't have a lot of pins or anything, so it wasn't that good, but I did have the leather jacket. And I would roll down with, with the Walkman on, slightly out of style, and the sunglasses, and I would attempt to do this scene, and it never went as well as it did for him. But I'm sure it made for good TV for everybody else. Did you rip the top of your Walkman off so you just set the tape in? You know, that, that there was that trend where you broke the lid off the Walkman. I did that. You did that. I did that, and it did not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> the tape would fall off, and I, I remember going back to my father, and I was like, my Walkman's broken. He's like, you ripped them off. He's like, is it broken, or did you break it? You're like... Tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> I think the real issue here is that the headphones still work. I think I came up with some lie of how I dropped it and it like it had popped the lid had popped off or something. And he didn't buy it. And I was I ended up <laughs> he did introduce me to electrical tape though. Because I did I ended up taping the cassette inside the walkman. That's a true story. Just one tape? Oh yeah. Do you remember the first rock and roll tape you got? Yeah, I do. What was it? Well I got the one that I purchased or got? The one that you purchased. The one that I purchased was open up and say ah, poison. Mine was Huey Lewis and the News Sports. Fantastic. No, fantastic <laughs> choice. Yeah. I got that at the Albertsons in Whitefish, Montana. Good for you. There was a whole section. I remember saving up. You didn't have access to poison, I was thinking, Montana. No, no. <laughs> no, people actually read that. They're like, this is poison. <laughs> yeah. We can't have this. It's, it's, it's good, real good, poison. Good album. That's a good segue, too. Um, it wasn't that, uh, was that the one with, with uh, Power Love? Yeah, that? Power Love. Yeah. yeah. Which no, no, no. Power Love was sec. Uh, that was the one with Harder Rock and Roll and I Want a New Drug. So, which, what is that one? 
Uh, Power of Love is the album after that. So it's, it's all, they're all on that album. Yeah, but the the good the the. I like all Huey Lewis. Anything Huey Lewis. Is, anything Huey Lewis. You know, and he's not doing music anymore. He's dead. No, he's still alive. Is he? Yeah, but he. Uh, I'm fairly certain he's the dead. The tinnitus in his ear, or whatever, the ringing in his ears, got so bad that he can't hear anymore. Are you sure? I think he's yeah. dead. No, he's alive. He was just on CNBC. He does a thing golfing. Uh, twice a year, he's on CNBC about his investments. Well, apologies to the whole Lewis family because that's. Uh, uh, but he is. He can't sing anymore. He's toned up his because he can't find harmony because of the damage to his ears. That makes sense. I was lucky enough to, I got to see him live, and uh, it's one of those things. So did I. Where did you see him live? I saw him at uh, RFK Stadium for the, the 9-11 uh, concert. Uh, when 9-11 happened, they did the big, you know, uh, Michael Jackson put on the fundraiser for, you know, all the victims. And uh, he was there. He was the second act that played the whole day. He was on at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Disrespect. It, well, I mean, there were so many people there. Yes, totally. But there were so many people there. But I you like, he... Crushed it. He was one of the best performances because there was a lot of lip sync and there was a lot of crap all day long. A lot of, a lot of ego. I mean, Mariah Carey was there. Michael Jackson um, played at that one. Uh, Destiny's Child played at that. And did he have um, the Tower of Power with him? Uh, no. All the horns? No. 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 He actually had the news with him. Uh, okay. Small, and they had sampled tracks of the of the horn section. There was the actual news. Uh, the, the guitar player and the bass player, and it was a different drummer. Uh, but he was him. That whole day, and there was legitimate, like I said, Michael Jackson was there, uh, Mariah Carey was there, uh, Destiny's Child, there was, I mean, anybody, the Buggles were there, like there was no kind of random, like there was like 13,000 acts that played. <laughs> Butthole servers showed up, they're like, yay! Yeah, no, actually, I think they might have been at the New York version, but they did like that, and they did the New York version, and like Billy Joel and everybody was at the New York version, but everybody I saw all day, and I was there for 17 hours at RFK Stadium. It's hilarious, because Huey Lewis, who was second, and then Pink. Who played somewhere in the mid afternoon, like around Sweet six lady. o'clock? Sweet girl, uh, met her once, one time. So did Fantastic. I. Love her husband too. Yes, uh, her husband's very nice. Met him a couple times on Copper. There you go. Uh, those two were the only two that legitimate, like best of the of the day. They really played. They really performed. They cut Pink's slot, so she just went out there with Linda Perry. And Linda Perry played guitar, and Pink just sang. No. And did like my Vietnam, and uh, it's like something else. Oh, just oh. Dude, fantastic! It was it was moment, you know. It's like, oh, so like I come away with that. I'm like, I saw Michael Jackson in concert. People were like, how was it? I'm like, Pink and Huey Lewis were better. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I met him at the Missoula, Montana airport. I was standing Michael next Jackson to, or uh, Huey Lewis. Oh, Huey Lewis. I was <laughs> standing. I was standing next to my brother, and I go, I think it's Huey Lewis. And my brother's like, that's not Huey Lewis. And I go, I think it's Huey Lewis. And he's got a denim jacket on and a Budweiser bottle embroidered down the back of it. Nice. And he turns and he goes, he's right, I'm Huey Lewis. No, he didn't. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And I've got the Batman double so issue. So cool. I've got the Batman double issue with Michael Keaton on the front. We did the second Batman. I'm like, mom, give me a pen. And she gives me a purple felt tip pen. One of those little tiny felt tips. And I'm like, this is horrible. It's not gonna I've got the Batman double issue and I've got a purple felt tip pen. Will you please sign this? And he's like, of course. And he signs it and then he walked into the bar and I was like, fuck it. And I walked into the bar and sat right down next to him and he bought me a Budweiser. Dude, that's, <laughs> I, would expect, I would expect nothing less from you. Like, yes, he's and, then, and then we, uh, there's, a, there's a little place, um, Haloitz, which is like this gas station place that Willie Nelson made famous by playing at. And a couple of years ago, he played down there. And the wife and I and my uh, neighbor, Trey, who always plays Huey Lewis and we're drinking beers in the driveway. As he should. and his wife, the four of us went down there, a little date action. 
and um, we uh, we watched Huey Lewis, the shittiest VIP section of all time. So general <laughs> general attendance is right there in the front row. Everyone's seated. We're in the very back where they only allow smoking on a high riser standing up as the VIP section. The only good news is uh, surrounded by cigarette smoke. Now, was it VIP because you brought your own signs that said VIP? No. (laughs) I I, I think I still have the thing. It's like Jepson Party of Four, VIP, Huey Lewis, the News. I was like, I took that placard. I was like, fuck it. I'm taking it. It's basically the only seats they had left. It's the only seats they had left. And uh, we still got charged for booze. And uh, but we did have our own private bathrooms. Well, it was, uh, I gotta weigh that out. Man. I know you gotta weigh it out you and think. I could have paid twenty that. bucks and been three rows from the front. I'd be like, "Yeah, you remember me? Was in the Montana, Huey?" <laughs> Just like a fanboy. I love. I love you. You're allowed to be a fanboy with Huey Lewis. There's some people that you're. I have this discussion with people all the time. It's like, who are you? Who are you a fanboy with? Like, who would, who stops you in your tracks? Or who have you? Because you've met a lot of famous people. Yep. And people ask me that all the time too. They're like, who if you met somebody. Or have you met somebody where you just like were like oh you know like I'm, I'm stupid like I can't talk like so who who was yours? So one was um, Huey Lewis because I uh, he came so <clears throat> he Mizzou Montana thing I just I fanboyed out. Uh, currently, you know there's there's prob there's probably only one person where I would just be like oh shit I wouldn't know what to do, and that's Joe Rogan. That's that's all. Yeah, I mean it's just because. What that guy, I mean, comedically, he's out of control. Mm-hmm. He's so much fun, you know, um, and he's so generally ingratiating to people, you know, and just the, the, the natural way that he is. I'd probably lose it a little bit, you know, uh, and just not know what to say. I mean, I, I, I plan in my head, if I ever bump into Joe Rogan, I would just look at him and go, Mr. Rogan, uh, thank you for everything you do. And uh, thank you because of what you do have inspired this, my, my, my podcast. And uh, nice. and uh, if you're ever in Austin, Texas, you want to go to my podcast, it'd be super great. But I understand <laughs> if you don't want to because you're, you're, you're Joe Rogan and you're, you're, you do so much that you do. So I have to go, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, and it, even in my dreams, it withers down to that. Like as I'm dreaming, I'm like, there's Joe. Hey, Jason. Oh, Mr. Rogan, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for everything you do. And then just hitters off into bullshit. That's how you know that's how you know you're <laughs> fucked because it's like even in your mind when you imagine how it would go, you know, because normally you'd be like, hey, we become best friends and we would go oh, invite oh, me yeah. out for steak like, and we go and it's like even in your when you're imagining you're imagining it, it's like, oh, I'm still, I'm I'm still so messing fucked. up. Like I, I have dreams of meeting Daniel Tosh and we're just hanging out, right? And he's like, I don't drink. I'm like, I do. Bert Kreischer saying that Bert and I just getting drunk and running around town and eating steaks and right. just fucking around. <laughs> With, and, and just randomly like FaceTiming Tom Segura and fucking with him. Like, <laughs> right. These are the dreams that I have that I don't care. Right. Right. Where I just like, because I, I don't care. I mean, I, you know, the the person I, I thought I'd probably fan, fanboy out about that I didn't, that I've known and watched her career grow from, from the jump, uh, my friend Vanessa Marcel. Mm. And I mean, Vegas was, you know, probably your biggest. She's in General yeah. Hospital. She's been on some great movies. Yeah, yeah. She, 90210. She's done some great stuff. And I met her golfing. And next thing you know, like my buddy Regan is in the cart with her now ex-husband and she's sitting next to me and we're just goofing off and I have long hair at the time. And she goes, Jason, you're not hitting the golf ball very well. I go, and, and I'm, I go, it's either I'm hammered or, uh, I don't know, maybe my hair's getting in my eyes. And so there's this picture and when this podcast first launched, she goes, you guys, everyone go listen to this. And it was her doing my hair and putting a ponytail up on nice. top of my head as I'm looking down at a golf ball. And of course... I hit the ball well, 
And she's like, see? And I also do hair. <laughs> but I never geeked out. I never lost it. I mean, we did a thing with George Lopez. Never, I, I didn't care. Right. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about people like you and I is that this, the celebrity-esque or the celebrity people where I was like, okay, well, you're going to sit down over here. Oh, do you want something cool? I mean, I'll grab you something. I don't care. But I'm going to treat you the exact same way that I will treat Callie Tucker. I'll treat Lacoste a little bit better because, I mean, goddamn, she's, she's got to be royalty. <laughs> and she's a mom. Fair enough, fair enough. But she's a special lady. Yeah. No, it, that's, I, I love that question because it provokes thought. And it, it's also, it's never the same, like uh, like you said, it, the people you think you would freak out about, like that you're like mentally prepared, why would meet them, whatever. It always ends up going different. And then you'll get like sidelined by, you see somebody and it's just like, you get tripped up about it. And you're like, what, is, what does it mean? <laughs> and, and it makes me think because we don't get tripped up. Like, you know, like you said, we're, we're around people all the time and I'd love to sit here and be like, I'm a celebrity. Um, but that was only true for a year or two. But like, but I'm still fortunate enough to be in that in that industry. And so I'll see people and I, it's amazing. Like the people that I would have thought would trip me up. I'm like, ah. And then like, you know, so-and-so will come along and like, like Miley Cyrus or somebody and it's like, ah, oh, I can't talk and I don't know why because I'm <laughs> paralyzed with your Miley Cyrusness, which isn't even a real thing. Yeah. And so it's so funny how like that why that is so I love having that conversation do you, do you have one that if you thought like in your mind you're just like fuck if I meet this person I better like pop some alpha brain I better be on my A game well so it's, so it's both um, it's funny as it is uh, so I met Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day is obviously a huge, yeah. I mean I love him I had the pleasure of playing with him um, and when I first uh, met him, it was very much like that. Always thought it probably would be like that because I, I like him, but literally couldn't even formulate words. Like he walked by me, and like, what's up? You ready? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> And he walks past, I'm like, and I'm like, I brought guitar. I'll be here. <laughs> yeah, fine. And even even like even to this day, the few times that I've like spoken with him, like it's never. I'm never cool. I always come out of there like, ah, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Like. So there's um that poem was horrible. Oh. The only other time that I totally got yeah, surfing. Nope. Pause. Pause. Respect. Respect to surfing. Yep. Please. Um, and it's gone. And it's gone. And it's out of there. And it's good to you got to throw it out there because again that's why I'm here today. Uh, we should have totally <laughs> we should have totally done some wolf surfing. On top of that one. Oh, that would have been fun. Uh, well, so we'll just we'll go get it again. We'll, we'll, we'll do, do it. it. We'll do it. I have no doubt. So, um, you know, I, I find it interesting, um, you know, because the, Michael J. Fox being a celebrity, there's a, there's a lot of great cameos in, in this in this movie, you know, really? and he's, he's a legit A-list superstar even well, today. This is, again, this is, he became an A-list superstar during this movie, which I thought was interesting. Do you, when, when you look at the, when you look at people like this, or you look at Billy from Green Day, is there a part of you that calls back and goes, man, I still wish I was up on stage playing? Or, or is it, I'm glad I made the choices I made because I'm doing all of these other things? Um, it's really interesting. I, tied to them, I don't know, because I think they both have, Billy Joe's gone on to other things. Uh, they still performs. Uh, Michael D. Fox obviously uh, is in a different position now. And those other things. I will never turn down the ability to play live. Um, it, it's absolutely the best high ever. It's the greatest thing ever. I and mean, I just got up on stage at the Funded House with Callie and with, with <laughs> that, Well, By the way, one of, my, one of my favorite things to ever do, 
of all time, my, and it's become a favorite thing of mine for a lot of years now, is I like it when three, two, three, four musicians get together who've never played before. The collaboration? And the collaboration and different styles. Different styles, yeah. different, different history of music, different ideals of how you look at songs, and all of a sudden you get Kevin or you and you hit that guitar and they're like, we're in tune. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as different as the background is, there's a baseline, something about musicians. There's a baseline that just comes in. I mean, a guy could have walked in with a trumpet and been like, burr, 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 you know, and been like perfectly fit in and oh, known exactly where to fit in. No, it's a, it's a language. I mean, you know, <clears throat> like anything else, the dialects can be different, but it's a language and it, it, it all fits. And that's, I had a lot of success as a producer because of that. And I'm, you mean, you came in that night and you're like, hey, we got these people down the street. There's <laughs> some people that are floating around here that are pretty good at what they do. And I was like, bring them here. Put bring them on stage. Here. And you're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we'll make it up. It'll yeah. be fine. It'll be totally good. And uh, you, like I said, you can go, you can go now to the, I don't have the link, but it, the Facebook you go, you page. You go on Facebook. Media, like, media Tech, tech Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Funded House. And you can see that. And it's magic, dude. It's Callie Tucker and Kosha Dill and me. Dude, that Kosha Dills thing, when he came out, when you just you like, said, I've done this Sweet Home Alabama where they break into a rap. Yeah. And we just and all you did was just tell Kosha. And he's still 100% freestyler guy. Like, he doesn't... Well, so that's why I did it. We used to do that. We used to do that jam with my band. We used, to, we used to see how long we could take that Sweet Home Alabama mix and just... We would do 90 traps. You know, we're like Salt and Pepper and like <laughs> Belle de and like whatever. Um, but it's just, it's a solid 4-4 beat, you know, and it's on there. And I knew he liked the freestyle and it just gave him the wings. And I was like, yo, just wink at me when you want to stop. And he's like, all right. And, and it, you, you see it on there. It's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it evolved into... It just takes on a level and a level, and then Callie brings the harmony to it, and it just it evolves into this ridiculous moment. And as a musician, like it's you chase that in a, in the studio when you're trying to record music, like you chase the moment, you try to catch, like capture the magic. As, yeah, as I like to say like of a recording or of a session of music, and uh, that was that was one of those times where like you got something really special, you know, that happened. That was that, and oddly enough, only because he didn't know the words. And he had to, like, he's looking down this phone, listening to John sing Shallow. <laughs> I mean, and this is insider baseball. There's people like, what are you talking about? Listen, Media Tech Ventures on Facebook. You, you'll, you'll search through the videos. You're going to see. He's the guy playing the box. He's the, the guy playing the box. With the beautiful blonde is Callie Tucker. The kid on the guitar is Kevin. He's a kid because he still looks like he's 11. 11. Uh, but when he started, I looked at La Costa. Yeah. And La Costa grabbed my leg and she went, what's that boy's job? Yeah. And I go, he's one of the partners of Media Tech Ventures. And she goes, he's got the wrong job, son. Yeah. That's LaCosta Tucker. Yeah, yeah. And he just, and he's looking at his phone. And he's like scrolling up to get to the next verse. And I'm just like, you don't know the words? And he's yeah. like, I didn't know the words. And I'm like, but you sang it. And he just killed it. And then Callie comes in with her voice. And the windows are shaking because it's just brr. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Those two moments for me, and especially when she's like, I'll do Sweet Home Alabama, I only know the harmony, and you're like, that's perfect. Yeah. And it's exactly. So, words, her harmony, Kosha pops in, does his thing. You're, you're building, you're making a work of art, and everybody can just contribute to it. And it's this ongoing, like, moldable clay statue that goes, oh, look, this, there's an arm that goes here, and there's an eyeball that goes here. And it just builds into this beautiful moment. It's like a tapestry, and just weave together. And that's... It was cool. And you had people that were open to it, you know, artists that were open to it. There was no ego. There was no nothing. Like, just a bunch of cool people on stage wanting to perform. 
Yeah. And then it comes up. It's, uh, it is, it's, it's hands down, it's my favorite thing. Like, I, I love going and seeing live music, but if, if I had my druthers and I could go get a sponsor and go five cities, pardon me, grab you, grab Kevin, grab John, and know the artists in those cities. Like, go to number one and grab Brazilian Twins, you know. Go to Vegas and grab Cali. Yep. Go to LA and grab Jesus, whoever, right? Whoever, right. But you do those, you know, go go into Vegas and or go into New York and, and grab great, from Chicago. I'm from Baltimore. We got people all we over got people place. all over the place. But you go to you go you do this five city tour and it but it's not it's collaboration. Like that's the thing. That's sign it up. I mean, but that's need that's a sponsor. Need a sponsor a sponsor. Not, not for the podcast. Like, I don't need it for the podcast. Do the spot. Do this. No, I'm saying you put the po- you get the podcast. Anybody listen? Yeah. Put it together. It's, we need one sponsor. We get a bus. We'll broadcast live with but the podcast from the bus. Five cities. I'm done telling done. you, that's the gen- that is that's the music that I think people embrace more than anything else. It was you were it was cool, man. You were a part of something. Like it was it was neat to watch. I've been. And that to go back to back to your question earlier is like, do I miss being on stage? Like, I miss those moments. I miss those like magic moments when it's like something really special, cool happens on stage. And like, you can watch the video and it's awesome, but like for those couple, like for the hundred people that were standing there, for a couple, a lot of people there. But like, but I mean, you ask anybody in that room, like they will, they'll be like, that was something. I watch something special. Dude, cool. I mean, two different VCs that run hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. Just like, how did you guys put this together? Like, what did this cost? Yeah. And I was like, free. Yeah. Nothing. Like, Nasgo flew in Cali Tucker, mm-hmm. uh, John Media Tech Ventures, Adam Experience Firm, and then our dumb heads ran into each other. And we're like, <laughs> hey, Jason, who did you get? A? And Elijah's like, oh, you know, Jason's got Callie Tucker and Craig Wayne Boyd here. He's like, yep. oh, bring him down. Let's, let's bring have some fun. Bring him down. Put him on stage. And that's it. It's like a cauldron. You know, hey, what, what do we got? What, what are the ingredients? Awesome, awesome, and talented. Oh, cool. Throw all that in the pot and let's see what comes out. It's, and you get the, you know, everybody's extraordinarily professional, obviously, you know, uh, but that's it. You throw the magic into the pot and you get magic soup. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It's funny because as, you know, I'll bring this back to Teen Wolf here for, for you Teen Wolf fans who are wondering if the movie's still on. It is. Calm the fuck down. But uh, what I you, think that Michael J's got a little more makeup on than Booth does. In that I think he does. Scene. He's got the very fancy tux on and then the shoulder pads. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. Music works like that. Movies don't. True. You know, television kind of works like that. Sometimes. There's some shows, right? <laughs> yeah. There's some shows, and and they're and they're either so good that I mean, Arrested Development, yeah, right, where it's just like, here's the concept of what we're going for. Let's go have some fun, and it's so good and so amazing that you just can't, right. you can't put it down. So there's that, but it's 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 an interesting thing. It really is a, uh, it's unique in the in the fact that that's what makes it so special. Yep. Is it's not the the pop up thing is cool, but bringing people together that have never played together, then then they do something magical and amazing. That's cool. Yeah, it's 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 magic. and it's unscripted. Yeah, well, that's that's it. it. It's the best form of uh, you know um, improv, uh, really. And, and it's it's cool because again, it's a language. You know, it's it, in but it's open ended, so you can have and I keep I keep referring it to like that because it's the only way I've found to describe it. Different dialects, different. 
ways and you just put a bunch of people together and like and they can if everybody's on the same page and it's all just vibing it, it comes together for the magic soup <laughs> that's what, and that's what the magic the magic soup another great band name right that's i mean good. if you did a raunchy drop in almost like the dan band but if you did Love it them. but if, if you did the dan band uh but you you're called you know you're you're if you did that, but only for retirement communities, so <laughs> you would never get one job. <laughs> you would, I think you'd get a lot of jobs because I know they're like, "What did he say?" I think I think he said "puck." I don't know. <laughs> Martha, turn your hearing aid down. You know, all acoustic. Mm-hmm. You know, beating on the box, acoustic. That would be that. hilarious. Well, I used to um, after we had a record deal. Uh, I was still under contract for for a year, and uh, the guitar player and I, Mike Ritchie is his name, and we. Played acoustic because we had we our clothing line was being sold at Hot Topic, and so we had to like fulfill some dates with them, and we had some things we had to do. A pop up concert at Hot Topic, and we used to do pop up concerts acoustic, me and him, because um, we could play the whole the whole album. But we would just do the most random attempt to get fired stuff out of every, just be as vulgar and as nasty as we possibly could. And nine times out of ten, it ended up in encore selections. But, I mean, we used to play, you know, we used to run the Tenacious D stuff. We would do. We would actually learn a whole set of just commercials, like jingles, and play, and play those. We would uh, unceremoniously promote the tip jar, and just literally, that's when we came up with the Sweet Home Alabama thing, and just play Sweet Home Alabama and do 90s raps in there until somebody tipped us enough to stop. Like, we just roll, roll Oh, that's fantastic. And, and it was a whole, you know, a whole thing, so. And I'm, especially at Hot Top. I'm a big fan, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a, that's where I get the nifty socks even now. A, I got a lifetime topic. supply of nifty socks from Hot Topic. <laughs> I do, uh, my nifty socks are uh, brought to me by my unfortunate addiction to stance. That's all right. You know, they're just expensive. They're good socks. I mean, these are like four years old. Yeah, those are the ankle cutters too. So those, yeah. the ones that they're not supposed to even look like you have socks on. Exactly. It's supposed to be fancy. Like, his feet don't stink. Right. How's that? That's awesome. I ankle like to show up. My ankles are sexy and I need them to be shown if I wear sneakers. My, uh, mine have been broken so many times. They're cankles. <laughs> yeah, it's mine too. They're just awful. My bone runs right into my feet. It's like one continuous. <laughs> I was a catcher. You know, so it's been hit by, you know, it's like. It's you, just, you've been slid into. Toes. Like, I don't even have, like, uh, my toes are all. I only have like three toes really like left broken destroyed broken destroyed and you don't fix you know toes you don't you don't get a cat you know you just tape that shit up and just tape it up <laughs> it's, a, it's a toe what could it possibly do exactly. oh i can't walk without my big toe shit all right you know what's funny is the that bottom one. two the balance on the bottom two i've broken the bottom two more the ring finger toe and the uh, and the pinky toe whatever those are called because um, you've been in the toe ring store and you're like, you know, for the ring finger toe. <laughs> you I know what that one. It's this one. On, it's this but, one. But, but that one on my foot. It's the least uh, of the sexy toes minus the pinky toe, which I pretty much can lose, right? right? Well, I have nice feet too, which is, which is a shame. Uh, and it, you'd be surprised when you, you, after those get broken and you don't have them, that throws your balance off. Throw your balance off a little bit. Makes you, I learned a whole like physical, uh, why we have toes uh, from breaking those. Because I'm trying to walk and I'm like falling over. People are like, what's wrong with you? Like, Cocktails? No. Broken toes? Yeah, broken toes. I can't, I can't walk. Did you, um, now, as, as a performer and as someone who, uh, who's, who's been in, in front of, of thousands of people and, and, and just had a lot of fun, did you ever think about pursuing acting? Yeah, I have, but I've had small parts and things here and there. Problem is, I'm extraordinarily tatted up, so I, I usually get cast for the role of, you know, <laughs> cell block or. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, so you're in cell block D? Yeah, juvenile delinquent. Um, but yeah, no, I um, 
I have I I love that. I love any kind of imaginary make believe way to express talent. I'm I'm a huge fan of that. So yeah, I've done a little bit. I haven't pursued it per se, but I would totally do anything that came my way. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I remember I, I wanted to act, and my dad's like, "Gay kids do plays." <laughs> I was like, "What else?" Like he plays plays in Broadway. That's different than like like. Yeah, but TV. you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, talent. You got a talent, and I was like. Let me just try this. And he's like, oh, I think that's what the gay kids do. It's like, what do you mean? He's like, football. I was like, well, it seems like brain damage. He's like, well, you're an idiot. Well, right. You, okay. see, you see, I got eyeliner on now from last night. Right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm used to that. It's, it's a fun thing. Who's um? These oh, oh. That was a straight. I mean, ew, that oh, like, yeah, that was ugly. That, that beaver got knocked down. That dude was from Santa Barbara. Remember that show? Yeah, I do remember that show. He was on Santa Barbara. While this movie was shooting, to more of my worthless knowledge, and uh, apparently they he they killed off his character so that he could go promote this Teen Wolf movie when it came out in the theaters. And they could do like the, the the media tour. They killed his character off. They shot him, and then they had him fall. Did out of they the try to bring him back? No, I don't know. I don't know that. I know my worthless piece of knowledge. They sh- killed him twice. In like, typical uh, you know soap opera style, they shot him and then they pushed him out of a window. Are they all sponsored by Adidas? It's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> now, as a kid for Adidas, was it all day I dream about sports or all day I dream about sex? Uh, for me, it was sex, and then the, the song came out, and it was, I never My knew. It was, yeah, I, just, I didn't know what it was about. It's what everybody everybody said it was about sex because I had a terrible group of friends. Uh, and then the, you know the corn song came out. Look at that, Gene. Did you see that jean vest? You know the pop collar. I did. You notice the coach gets progressively better looking as we go. It's like for, in the opening scene, it was those same pants yep. and like a t-shirt with a towel. Now he's got the full-on blazer. You know, even with that, he's even with the, that gum, he's rocking the same piece of gum. I was gonna say same piece of gum and coffee breath. I gotta just do this, the coach. worst coffee breath. I gotta do it. Is me. Are they chanting wolf? Is they it? are. I they, believe they are chanting wolf. Well, after they made fun of him for being the wolf at the party, Let at the go. dance. Kids are cruel. Kids are cruel. Who's the kid with the mustache? They got kids with mustaches in there. There's some shitty, <laughs> shitty casting calls. They got a couple, a uh, couple Uncle Tommy and Jimmy are there. Oh, trolling yeah. on that, trolling on the seniors. They got, they got, a, they got a couple of McConaughey's. <laughs> I keep getting older. They stay the same That's age. Right. It's like, and you know, the, I need me a pair. Stop has got these green pants on. Back here, look at, with the change holder. Look at oh this. yes. Oh, is he, is he kicking out quarters? Yeah, he's kicking out. He's got the change holder. He's full on merchandise. And the buttons were uh, the buttons were big back in the day. I like buttons. I got buttons on now. I got buttons on now. I'm a big fan of the buttons. They have uh, they've not gone away. You know, it's coming back, which I find interesting is the patches. See, I'm a, I'm a patch fan too. I mean, I'm mm. punk rock. Like I love you know I love I love a good jacket or put some pants with with patches, patches and buttons. That's that's the way to go. I like the patches. I like I like the the idea or the concept of you know, iron it on and sew it on and like just the corners. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big, big stitch just in the corners. It's loosely there. It's it's quite. Dude, this guy's traveling. He's been walking around with the ball. Oh, he's oh, also fifty, and he made it. Yeah, that's the same. There's only two shots of the ball going into the hoop. That's right. And look in, at him. Look at the, Look at him. Look at the attractive dragon and be like, hmm? "What do you think?" Hey, imagine that dragon. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh, you don't know how long I've waited to use that. <laughs> I was like, "You've been holding that one for the whole time." Uh huh. I've been waiting on that one. I've been waiting on that one with the with the dragon. So I need. To, we need to look. Up, I gotta get his real name, who he is, and and what he was on Santa Barbara. Because anybody that's been killed twice, like that's 
Been killed twice. Let's see here. We're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go IMDb. This yeah, see who... people love this. There's like, yeah, you should you should really be prepared for this. IMD IMDb. I love that we roll in for the podcast movie completely unprepared. That's that's my that's that's how I do it. And, and some, you know, what I'm I'm gonna get like ten emails. You missed my favorite part. I mean, like fuckhead. I don't know your fa- I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know your favorite part. It's the worst. I love that. We, uh, yeah, I don't know that we even the biggest pieces we haven't even talked about the movie, which I like. Now, did you were you um, did you do waves at your concert when you were when you were yeah? Oh, you know, I used to instill that. I used oh, to try. So I was a huge bitch. audience participant. Though coming from the you know the punk rock, Green Day is the queen. Like that whole idea of uh, large scale uh, interaction. I used to love that. The, you know, sing something to the audience, have them sing it back. Anything you can do. Um, to engage every single person that's there. Uh, I was a big purveyor in that. It's like, you know, you you spent your money or you maybe you didn't even spend money, but you're here tonight and like you have all your shit in your life that you have to deal with. And for a little bit of time, while I'm on the stage, I can make you forget about whatever it is that you have going on and take that away and just have you be, even if you're just laughing at me or whatever, like it, just take your shit away for a hot second and let you have a good time and forget that all everything else works in the world. I love that. That was my that was my jam. So I typed in IMDb plus Teen Wolf. Oh, he just got clothes. And uh, I, I got. Don't know how you can blatantly clothesline people in basketball. I got Teen Wolf the television show, 2011 through 2017. That's how old Teen Wolf the movie is. It's 30 years now, right? Yeah. Teen Wolf. I gotta go. No. Boom, boom, boom. Come on, Teen Wolf movie. Goodness. Yeah, wasn't there like a television show? Yeah, there was for like seven years or six years. Really? That's how old I am. Full cast and crew. Here we go. Directed by cast. We're getting there. Behind the back pass. We have um I'm trying to find out. Coach Coach Finstock was Jay Tarsus. Well, that's not the same guy. That's our Uh, Chubby was Mark Holton. Okay. We know him. That's still not who we're looking for. Um is it I'm trying to dude, they've got all their real pictures of what they look like right now. I don't need that shit. Well, this guy's got a, he's one of these people who doesn't age. He's gotta look the same. He's the lead dragon. He's uh the the blonde boyfriend until the end. Uh, we've got Doug Savant. He is Brad. the bad he is the bad guy. No thanks. Doug Savant, let me see here. Does it give me his stuff? He's got an ex-wife, he's got a daughter that's 19. He was know. on during the first year of Melrose Place. I don't know. I know he was on Santa Barbara during this. He was this, on Santa Barbara during this whole find thing. Find him, folks. Don't you worry. <laughs> there he is, right there. If you want to look at him, uh, he's number twenty-five. That's interesting. He needs to shave his neck for sure. He's got a bad haircut. Oh, okay, okay. I think I know you who he is now. Right. Yeah, that that face is very unique with the jawline. His name is Mark Arnold. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's, he's a he's a two first namer. He's a Mick. He's known as Mick. Oh, that's uh, right. That's what he is in the movie. Yep, he's a Gemini. For those of you listening, <laughs> the sound is not on on this movie, so it makes it hard to hear anything. We're makes, reading lips. Uh, he's a, he's a Gemini. He's very nice. Uh, let's see. Now here. you can see he's very nice. You're killing the whole facade. I know. I'm just he breaking was, the fourth wall. He was. Let's see. Uh, Teen Wolf, Blade Runner, uh, Florence, uh, Miles oh. End, Daddy's Girl, Ride. The Invisible Hours, The Village, Need for Speed, Payback. He was in The Village. Yeah, with he Christopher was, Reeve. No, uh, let's see. Uh, don't don't Island. don't stray. I want to go back to the Santa Barbara. The Invisible. Yeah. So let me see. This is his filmography. 
But he's done a ton. Holy shit, this guy has done. A I've never ton. seen him in anything but this. He's had one award. He's won once. What is it? Uh, he was a jury prize winner, 2017 Best Actor in a Feature Film, Miles End. Really? Miles End, sorry. Miles End. Good for you, man. That's how you make a career about somebody. He is six feet tall. He was born in Pennsylvania. What part? Uh, Broom All or Broom All. Hold on. <laughs> Brummel? Yep. Sneeze. Sorry, folks. Allergies here in Austin, Texas are a They're little horrible. out of control. Yeah. Cedar my, fever. My, fever. my front driveway is green. Cedar fever. Yeah, I went to Penn State, so I'll quit him. Penn State, I'm sorry you went there. I have some friends that went there. Don't be sorry. It was a good time. I didn't graduate from there. So. <laughs> but, no, I but I did attend there. Yeah, this is him, but it doesn't say how, why he died off or anything. It doesn't give a lot about him. The trivia, <clears throat> Boston University. Uh, he's a the, Mick from Boston. He's really? a Mick from Boston. And uh, let's see, he's got a Today in Soap Opera History, January 10th. He's got some related news. He's, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he has a 19 year old. No, that was a different guy. He has, um, <laughs> he doesn't say that he's married, which is interesting. I was just curious about his soap opera. He is, oh, here we go. So he is, um, born May 23rd, 1957, actor and producer known for Teen Wolf, Blade Runner, 2017, Florence Foster Jenkins, 2016, has been married to Alina Florina since September 1st, 2011. Alina Florina. He was previously married to Annalisa Scott. Really? Yeah. There you go. Go, Mick. He has all gray hair, and he still has those kind of pouty jowls. Is he still good looking? He's still a very handsome older man. Yeah. Yes, he's done a great job. That's the one. That's the one positive thing. Uh, males tend to age well, especially if you have the good bone features like that. Yeah, he's got you know. Look at the both of them have just showered. He and Michael J. Fox. Maybe possibly together. Boom! Look at him. Oh, he made it. Okay, now we're coming up on the quintessential scene here as this winds down. Yes. As they win and they go into slow motion, we'll uh, talk about the elephant in the room. There it will be some flashing of junk. There will be movie. some flashing of junk. Yeah. Flashing uh, of junk. For those of you great that don't... Great porn band. Yes, for those of you <laughs> that don't know, uh, Jason and I will be band naming. If you need a band name, please email <laughs> this is This is a staple in this podcast. I'm like, that's a good band name. Yeah. Give us what you're, give us what you're thinking and we'll give you a good band name. All right, so as we watch this shot of the ball go through the area, it will cut to slow motion when everybody's dancing around. Yep. And one of the extras unceremoniously whips out his junk, and it is live on screen, even to this day, in any version of Team Wolf that you see. Boom, even boom, the ones boom, that play on TV. Boom, 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 And now Amy Holland plays. Yep. Guy in green pants without his change. He lost his change purse. Yeah, well, that's. And so in the background here is a. Here we go. Is a dance. Let's look for it. Uh, pick the big, big, big chubby up. Oh, Boof. What's up? Boof, what's happening? Boof is happy. She's got her man back. A simpler man. Well, not yet. Not yet. He has to choose. He chooses Boof. Oh, that's her right. Her oversized belt. That big belt. I mean, first of all, the fact that she was Intercontinental Champion is quite amazing. <laughs> in itself, amazing. <laughs> in itself, for her with the bangs, uh, the tea, you know, just no teased hair, and and to come out WrestleMania style like that with that belt <laughs> is quite and and oh. uh, and a, a lack of supporting bra at the same and no shoulder pads. That's it. She is minus the shoulder pad. She's. Sans shoulder pads, and he's just like, <laughs> "What's up? Mode. Look at this girl." Excuse me, peace out. Excuse That's me. the ultimate disrespect. <clears throat> I um, I'm gonna need to spend some time with the librarian. Check out her books. Drop dead, Mick. 
drop dead. Dragon Everybody loses bitch. except for Boof and Marty. I don't know if Boof really won though. He's all sweaty. That's eh, true. She's hot. Well, she that, did win. Oh, and there's the jump. And there's right the there, jump. there it is. There oh, it is. The Red, there it is. Yes. <laughs> Silver yes. jacket in the background. And in the foreground, Michael J. Fox humps his father. Yep. And there's two older women with some cans. Yeah. What is they? Serious cans. Looking like the Jugs up there. Yeah. The Jug sisters. And there you go. Good movie. Oh, it's a great movie. One of my favorites. Boof. There it is. My there's Boof. Susan. Boof is Whatever happened to Susan or CT? We're going to find out really quick. Let's yeah, see, let's folks. see what happened to her. Let's see what happened to Susan really quick. I mean, it's not like we've got this. So I feel like this is a short movie. Did we just talk the entire time? No, we just talked the entire time. It's an hour and a half. <laughs> it's a solid 90 minutes. Um, it's weird that she's not... Uh, like, Michael J. Fox is on here. Um, really? As the main character? He, he, yeah, he's he on here. There's Susan, also known as Boof. Graduate of St. Mary's College. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, several years in commercials, TV, film, and stage. She received a master's degree in design and manufacturing. So, so Boop she's is, on to better things. Literally, Boop is smart. <laughs> yeah. She looks she's the part. She's on to better things. She does look smart. She's also the mother of three. Susan is very involved with the community and such organization as Parents Association at Brentwood School and also an advisor board for the Los Angeles Parks and Recreation. She oh. is an active member of Coach for Kids. In 2003, Susan and John have worked with Julia Butterfly Hill to get their initiative of old growth in the 2004 ballot. That's a whole lot of names that I don't know. I know, I don't know. They're dropping names like I should know who this person is. Let's see, she was in Zapped. Do you remember Zapped? I do remember Zapped, yeah. Zapped. She was in a movie I've never heard of called Defensive Play. I'm sure she's been in a bunch of movies. And uh, another movie called Doing Time. What does she look like now? She's been in The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, really? Yeah. Is she a zombie? Probably. I love The Walking Dead. She was in Funland, 21 Jump Street, OG. Um, Charles in Charge, OG. Oh, nice. Rituals, um, Good Fortune, never heard of. I don't know. She's been in some stuff. Let me see. Let me see if they've got a, a, a recent. Back now. We got a recent picture. We don't know. They're not showing her a recent picture. <laughs> is it still the? Uh, is it's it still, still the eight by ten from Teen from Teen Wolf? It's still the eight by ten from Teen Wolf. It's still Booth. <laughs> God bless you, Susan. I, I hope you're doing well, and, and thank you for being a part of this. You, you sweet, sweet lady. Uh, yeah, so... If you're listening, Boof, we want to take you out for now in the town. Here. Boof, come to Austin, uh, Texas. Bring to your Austin, man. Texas. Leave the kids at home. We um, will do some some styles dancing on top of the limo this time. You got to bring the shoulder pads, Boof. Yeah, That's how this works. We want nobody to get hurt. Uh, final question for you. I, I got two. One, uh, any of your songs in any movies? Uh, yes. Uh, fantastically enough, I've, I have two songs in a, a movie called Midnight Movie. Okay. Um... It's one of the worst horror movies of all time. You should totally showcase it here. Uh, we it's can do fantastic. that. Fantastic! It's called Midnight Movie. Um, and then I've had some scores that I've done that have been in video games and things like that. Nice. My uh, I call I, I call her my friend. We've done a podcast together. I'm like we spent two hours together. Uh, this gal Elizabeth Maxwell. She's a very nice person. She um, she uh, does voiceover work. Like that's all. She's voiceover for video games and all yeah. the, you know fantasy sci-fi stuff. And uh, she's she's the great very smart lady but she did she's oh i'm always giving her a bad time about voiceover work because there's some there's a new show on i forget what it's called, like the doom squad or something i don't know but it's all these famous actors like brendan frazier's in it nice. but they don't show his face it's all just voiceover work because yeah. they're all these weird kind of not superhero superheroes and so their faces are different or they look weird or whatever it is and so you never see the actual actor who's doing it i'm like doesn't this piss you off like this could be your job like they've, they've, you've got real actors stealing your job because Brendan Fraser decided to get fat and lose his hair. Right. Like, son of a bitch. And he's still getting voiceover work. This is fucking horrible. 
So you've done that. Uh, f- final thing, uh, you know, and just something to, to, to leave people with. It seems like from my perspective, uh, music has lost a little bit of rock and roll. Outside of the Foo Fighters, it seems like rock is, is, is kind of lost. For the guy or the girl out there, for the future Pink or Courtney Love or um, the future Dave Grohl or the, the future Adam, what uh, when they're list, trying to find music and they can't, maybe it's not speaking to them, but they know they want to be a rock star, what do you, what do you want to tell them? Or somebody that wants to be a rock star? Yeah, and they're, and then you know, and, they, and then they. Everybody wants to be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I my my friends at Smooch Shop, they sing this song. I want to be a rock star. I want to be wealthy, even if it kills me. And then they have a kids choir in the background sing, "You motherfuckers." Yeah. <laughs> it the uh, favorite quote of all time. It, it's it, you know when you're little, you want to be one of three things. You want to be the president of the United States. You want to be a firefighter, or you want to be in a band. And when you grow up, uh, the first two want to be the third. Everybody wants to be a rock star. Um, Realistically, though, there's, I mean, there's, there's no way to tell you how to do that. It's, it's, it's being a rock star is doing your own thing. Being independent, being your, a true authentic self and not giving a crap about what anybody thinks about. It. I mean, that's, that's, that's rock star. You know, no matter what it is, you can apply that to business, to friendship, to music, to whatever. Um, Music-wise, it'll come and go. Uh, music is very, eh, it's an ongoing, developing, evolving uh, monster, you know, and while there's a lack of it right now, it will come back around because it's rock is necessary, and it comes back around like a superhero does. You know, when it's needed and it's time, you know, it'll it'll show up. Nice, nice. And uh, with that, now comes your favorite time of the podcast when you get to hear my daughter sing about the first time she took a shit by herself. Yay! Enjoy. Thank mm-hmm. you.